Restaurants Unstoppable episode 599 with Nikki Finuatana. Dig deep into your soul and ask yourself, you have to be authentic. You don't want to create something that you believe is going to sell because at the end of the day, they want to buy you. Are you ready for it? it factors, success stories, failures, and bombs of restaurant industry knowledge? Then, join Eric Cacciatore and today's incredible guest as they share what it takes to become unstoppable. Here is a statistic for you. 89% of all guests will research a restaurant online before dining out. So you've got to start thinking about how you can extend your in-house hospitality and attention to detail to the online world. Bento Box is a great place to start. They will develop a restaurant website that not only leaves lasting impressions with your guests, but also provides hospitality-focused tools that are proven to drive revenue online and guests into your restaurant. Sign up today at Get bento.com slash unstoppable and save up to $1,500 on initial setup for your new restaurant website. Get on it. You got to check out Wisetail, a premier learning management system. Wisetail is a forward-thinking training and communication platform built to engage today's workforce. Wisetail is trusted because it grew up alongside some of the most recognized restaurants in the industry. This has helped them shape their product and its functionality through real-world feedback and rigorous testing. Wisetail can help you scale your training initiatives across all locations while empowering your employees to take control of their learning and their professional growth. To learn more, head over to www.wisetail.com slash unstoppable or find the banner in the show notes. And if you use my links, you'll get your first three months free after signing up for a year contract. Again, that's wisetail.com slash unstoppable. I'm sure you've heard of Revel, but have you heard of the Revel Advantage? It is the payment processing solution that seamlessly integrates into your Revel point of sale and platform to create a complete system tailored to your business needs. Revel manages both your POS and your payments with integrated software, hardware, and credit card processing to save you time and money so you can focus on your business. Learn more at revelsystems.com slash unstoppable. With excitement, allow me to introduce to you today's guest, Nikki Pinawatana. I got to ask, Nikki, are you feeling unstoppable today? With you around, your energy is amazing. So absolutely. Beautiful. I cannot wait to dive into your story. So Nikki grew up in Bangkok, Thailand and ventured to Dallas, Texas. Uh, she received her bachelor's in business administration, majoring in entrepreneurship and marketing from Babson College in Wellesley, Massachusetts. She continued her studies at El Centro College Culinary School in Dallas, Texas. Uh, since opening Asian Mint in 2004, Nikki has received countless awards and accolades over the past 15 years. Asian Mint has scaled to three locations within Dallas, and in 2018, Nikki took a crack at the fast casual world with enjoyment where they serve fast, fresh Thai bowls. I cannot wait to dive into your story and to find out how you got to where you are today. But let's get that motivational, inspirational ball rolling with a a success quote or mantra. What do you got for us? I would have to say this really, really got me thinking, but every day I normally say to myself, just go out and do it. Just do it. You know, when you always think of Nike, it's just do it. And yep. my name is Nikki. So it kind of just goes. <laughs> it's perfect. <laughs> I love it. Great way to get this thing started. So you have a really interesting story. You're from uh, Thailand, um, Bangkok specifically. Mm-hmm. Um, when did you come to the States? I came to the States when I lost a bet to my mom. Okay. This was in my teens. I 15, 15 or so. Um, she said, hey, if you can just at least speak English at home. I don't have to ship you overseas to learn the language. My mom's from Texas, from America, so she really wanted me to learn the language. Okay. Obviously, as a teenager, I do not really follow rules very well. (laughs) Did you? (laughs) I could have been better. Um, So there you go. She uh, did it really smart, though. She sent me over for summer school. I fell in love and then went back and finished up school over there and came over here as a English as a second language. So 16 is the answer. Cool. Um, And when did you come back? 
And was that in Babson? I stayed. You stayed the entire mm-hmm. time? Oh, so you never, you, you went back eventually. I'm sure I do go back often, very often. Okay. Um, so at what point did you, well, you studied entrepreneurship, but did you know that you wanted to open a restaurant or mm-hmm. were you still trying to figure it out? Totally. So I went to entrepreneur school because I really did not know what I wanted to do. Everybody else did at 18, Yeah, right? I, no way. I thought I was going to be a commercial pilot. See? <laughs> um, I did not know what I wanted to do. And I said, you know what? As long or at least if I have a business degree, I think whatever I do decide to do, it would be a great uh, basis to start off with and it worked out beautiful um, so I mean I typically I try to dive into like key mentors uh, chefs that mentored or restaurateurs that mentored but you dove straight into yes. it yeah like you just went for it but you must have had some kind of mentor at, in college I would imagine somebody who was kind of there to support you did they have a really good like program for like uh, helping you build your oh business plan goodness. or anything like that Wesley yes Great school. Uh, Babson College yeah. so you know it's the number one entrepreneur school I, I knew yeah. it was up there <laughs> and yeah. it's been for a long time but I got to uh, take my first entrepreneur class with um, Mr. Spinelli he started Jiffy Lou and oh. that I mean can't yeah. really it's, and it's what you get to, to learn oh my from God. <laughs> so you get to do a business plan and that really was an awesome experience and also when you do go into Babson your first year as a freshman you have to start a business with 30 other freshmen the program is amazing you literally will pick people who you just became friends with to make them a CEO. You create your little departments, financial department, marketing, HR, and all this stuff. You create a business. It is the school, I believe, for anyone who wants to learn how to start a business, no matter what kind of business it is. Mm. So, I mean, so you've got that foundation, how to set up a business. Any key specific lessons that you learned studying at one of the best, or the best entrepreneurial school in the nation, Babson? What key learnings I would have to say? Um, I love how they put. They don't. You don't just learn finance. You don't just learn accounting. You don't just learn management. They make you learn it together. So there'll be like two teachers of two different departments together, and they'll teach you um, management and human resources together, or finance and account. You don't just. It's like the real world. So I got to do that for four years, in addition to. Um, you know, your electives like philosophy and all that amazing fun stuff. But with that, I believe it was one of the best foundations. In addition to also my dad's family, we come from a very entrepreneurial um, family. Okay. They've all started businesses in Thailand, and I've always grew up around that kind of like you. It's kind of just you've been in around it. So, yeah, mentored all my life, I guess, if you could say that. Okay. So, who were your key family mentors? Mm, I would have to say my dad. Okay. Absolutely. Um, He started his business when, um, I don't know how old I was, but... We, he was one of the first people who brought in um, Boston Acoustics. He was like the exclusive importer. We did a um, ooh, hi-fi surround sound system, car stereo systems back in the day. Like my grandfather, I found out later that he was one of the first guys who brought in Apple Macintosh computers into Thailand back in the day. And I was really? like, why, why did you not tell me? This is <laughs> right? like so cool. Um, so I thought I would have to say they truly inspired because you watch them growing up. You know, they could be telling you this and that, but being around and their actions you kind of see and you learn like you know being your own boss is kind of really awesome and you be able to create jobs for people you are able to make people happy doing something that you're passionate about and i think that kind of just soaked in so are there any like key business lessons any like key moments that are sticking out in your mind watching your dad or listening to your dad or any other family members i think think um he makes it fun and that's one of the key things that i think i've learned to live my life like you have to be having fun with it and he's kind of like also a thrill seeker and you know very action oriented um most entrepreneurials entrepreneurs are i believe and those are the ones who just kind of have that spirit of going after something that 
you know, you want to try, you want to learn, you want to sell, you want to showcase or anything like that. So absolutely, it would be that fun. Any other, I mean, usually this is when I'm going deep into talking about the different people you've worked for. And um, I'll go to opening Asian Mint now, but I just want to make sure there isn't any a key variable, key lesson, key person, key influence, key moment in your life that you learned that set you up for success. It would have to be, I've only, when I came out of college, I had one corporate job. And one of the lessons that I learned there was it kind of showed me, you know what, I do not enjoy being in a cubicle. I don't enjoy sitting in front of a computer all day long. And I saw that on LinkedIn. You was it like some <laughs> kind of like auditing or something like that. Or? It was um, online marketing back in the okay. day, and I was one of the first few people who did eCRM, email marketing, B two B, B two C. It was so fun though. It was like you know very up there, and then nine eleven hit. Um, a lot of companies were laying off and all these, but I never got laid off. You know, one of those crazy hard workers that just like keep going and going, going, never really got a raise, started sinking into my own, um, savings account just to live in Boston cause it's not cheap. Nope. And then, um, my dad said, Hey, can you come over to Dallas and help me start a little food delivery business? I said, okay, you know what? That sounds like fun. I'm going to go do it for a year or two and then I'm going to go figure out what else I really want to do. And that just kind of got me over here and into the restaurants, in and out of restaurants, of 30 different restaurants, honestly, food delivering, taking order, fax orders back in the day. Oh, oh my, my goodness. Wait, so what kind of food delivery are we talking? We're not talking about it's already been through the restaurant uh, manufacturing process, but it's you're talking about getting it from the wholesale to the restaurant, I'm assuming. No, right? no. It really is what these third-party delivery businesses oh, are today. Oh, really? Interesting. Like, we're, like, he was working for a company that was owned by American Airlines. Um, they went bankrupt in 9-11. He had a handful of clients in downtown Dallas who he had great connections with. And he said, I have all these clients. I can't ser- I can't feed them anymore, and I have all these connections with the restaurants. Can you come and help run the business size? Because, you know, that's not me. He, you know, active, active, active. Yeah. Um, sell, sell, sell. So I said, okay, I literally went downtown to Dallas, you know, signed up your business, went to the uh, comptroller's office and learned all those. It's like (laughs) business 101 in real life. Yeah. It was so much fun. And it was, you know, it was it was cool that I was doing I do everything like I'm very hands on. You can read about something all day long. We didn't have, you know, really the Internet back in the day. But. I just had, I make phone calls. I'm like, okay, what do I need to do next? What do I need to do next? And then I just go, go, go. But I make these connections on the phone. I'm like, okay, can you please tell me what I need to do? And you just follow through and, and it's just kind of happened. Yeah. That's a huge lesson too. If you're just a pleasant person and you ask for help, you'll be amazed at what kind of people will go out of their way to to help you just because you're pleasant. Mm -hmm. Like pleasancy goes so far. Um, so I'm curious. You said your dad was in the the music sound system industry, right? I heard that right. Yes. And then he's now then he's back in Dallas and yes. he's he's doing food delivery. Mm-hmm. So he's he's got a little bit of that. He's absolutely got that entrepreneurial. Bug. Yeah. So what, how did he get into food delivery? Um, it just kind of fell into his lap because he uh, this he moved over here when I was finishing up. Um, what was it? Senior year. And they moved over, the Asian bubble burst and all that, and they came over here. They know what to do, came with some savings. Um, I was going off to college. Um, I was never really around my family when I was growing up. Um, that, I think, really helped me with flexibility and independency and all that. But he's just, you know, whatever sticks, he, he does. And I think, you know... When you're a salesperson or a marketing person, you can pretty much sell anything. (laughs) It's a life skill. Yeah, absolutely. Persuasion, right? Uh, Right. So uh, when did you know, what what happened for you to say, okay, I'm going to open a restaurant? When did that come into the picture? Um, So it was when I was trying to figure out myself, you know, around, I don't know, 20-something um, I did the food dealer business with my dad. At the same time, I was serving in a couple of Thai restaurants here in the area. Um, it was my first serving job. I was singing in a band in the restaurant that I was serving at. Nice. Um, oh, my goodness. What else? And then I was doing El Centro because I love to bake. 
So I did the pastry program at El Centro because I really wanted to learn how to use commercial kitchens or how to batch things in, you know, it's not home cooking anymore. And I learned a lot of that. I really enjoyed it. And I met my uh, husband through working in the restaurant and, you know, Thai people. We like to go karaokeing and that <laughs> after hours karaoke night we met and... We got married and we're like, okay, what are we going to do now? I really wanted to open a dessert bar kind of place. You know, this was 15 years ago. That would not really fly. Mm -hmm. My entrepreneur brain kicked in and said, you know what? Why do just that? You probably need to do something else. So I decided, you know, there is a void of a Thai restaurant that is fresh, clean, has a dessert menu, has a coffee program, has a wine list. Um, and I was like, I think we should do that. I want to be able to showcase Thai food, Thai culture, everything in a light for, you know, the masses here in Texas that you can have fresh, amazing Asian cuisine with everything that you guys have come to love. And that's kind of how it all kind of jived and came together. So kind of meshing the two cultures together. Yes. Awesome. I love it. So your husband, was he working with you? How did you meet your husband? He was working at another Thai restaurant down the street. Now is a good time to take a break to thank our sponsors. We'll, we'll be right back. So this probably does not come as a surprise to you. But as you can imagine, I look at a lot of restaurant websites because I'm constantly researching my next guest, successful restaurateurs. And you'd be surprised how many of those people have bento box websites. I mean, I almost know instantly when looking at these websites because they're always so stunning and they always check every box, everything that a good restaurant website should have. These websites have them, and it's because they're going to Bento Box to get the work done. And not only will Bento Box leave a lasting impression with your guests, but Bento Box websites come with hospitality-focused tools that are proven to drive revenue online. With Bento Box, you can easily update menus, promote events, share press, sell gift cards, take catering orders, and book private events directly from your website. Bento Box puts you in control so you can focus on what matters most, your restaurant. Bring your restaurants hospitality online with bento box by signing up today at getbento.com slash unstoppable and save up to $1,500 on initial setup for your new restaurant website. All right, we're back. So, uh, what was this, this, uh, chemistry between you and your husband, uh, business chemistry that is, uh, that works so well. How did you guys get into lanes? How did that go? Ooh, I don't know. Um, it was the deciding factor was this. It's either we we actually did say, let's go back to Thailand and do this. And then we're like, hey, we're already here. Let's try it here. If it doesn't work, then let's go back to Thailand. Yeah. You know, let's not make the two flights yeah. back and forth. And I also shouldn't assume that he got involved with the restaurants. But it, was this yes. a solo? No, he, okay. we are that partners. A, that's a good assumption to make. Partners okay. in crime. Just yes. making sure. Um, so... You were going to go back to Thailand and try to open a Thai restaurant in Thailand? No, was it gonna be I was going to do the dessert bar concept oh, okay. in Thailand. Okay, I got mm -hmm. you. I see. So, what? Well, take me through that. I mean, it seems like a no-brainer, but take me through that, that thought process that while thought. you made these, these decisions. To stay? Yeah. It really, we had nothing to lose. Mm -hmm. We got married. We were around, I guess I was 26, 27. Um, I love, he fell in love with my baking I found out way later. It was my chocolate flourless cake that sealed the deal, apparently. And <laughs> he was like, you know, you should really open, you know, a dessert bar. You make an you make a mean chocolate flourless cake and this and that. And I'm like, okay, let's do it. We're kind of like really just go with the flow kind of guys. And yeah. we're like, okay. But then I seriously thought, hey, let's try it here. And then if it doesn't work, let's go back. Okay. So you ultimately decided to say here, when you decide like, this is what we're going to do, what did that process look like? Take us through wow. that, that, you know, with this, this entrepreneurial degree mm -hmm. in your back pocket, how did you tackle this, this uh, venture? We did a business plan. Okay. We did. And I think that helps anyone. It really keeps you focused. And especially if you have partners, it really keeps it 
clear your goals your missions what you're trying to do what you're trying to create because in that creative process it's so much fun like we should do this we should do that why not do this yeah uh, and then this person gets hung up on doing this meanwhile you're hung up on doing mm-hmm. this and you diverge yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah yeah so that really helped and it also kind of brought us together on you know who's going to be doing what um i became the spokesperson i became the front person um with my bubbly <laughs> whatever and um he was in the back and we had this amazing we call her like our mom um she was working at another thai restaurant she said you know what you guys don't know what you're doing i'm gonna come and help you for two years and then i'm gonna leave you and my husband is not a chef Okay. He is now, yeah. but he was not. Um, he does have a chef tongue. I, you know how everything happens for a reason. Yep. Um, so she believed in us. She helped us. She helped us set up the kitchen, figured us out. So she's probably our biggest mentor if I had to go back to that question. Nice. Femtor. So, so what does she teach you? Everything. Um, how to, oh my goodness, how to set up a kitchen, how to... Order stuff, what to order, what not to order, how to store things, how to cut things, how to... Any nuggets, any like granular oh nuggets that you can drop on us. Like something that most restaurant owners or some restaurant owners may not be aware of that she brought to the table that really helped you. Oh my, I, I can't... It's hard to get granular. That's right now. a hard one. Um, because we did not know anything about backup house. That's true. So you don't, you had no Nothing. relativity that like you didn't know what was common knowledge and what wasn't. No. So everything fell new to you. Everything. Yeah. Um, and she saw it before we did. We're like, yay, let's go do this. <laughs> this is going to be awesome. Um, and if I, and I did the whole like Thai desserts and I did all this amazing Asian fusion desserts. I got the dessert part down, but all that you can pre-make and you can freeze or whatever. But fresh food is a whole nother bargain. You have all these perishables. Yep. You have to figure out how much to make of what. Um, that was, you know, systems and processes that was just passed down from a mom, mm-hmm. if you can think of it. And they don't have recipe books. They don't have anything. So you really was learning on a job. And we did our restaurants 10 years in without any kind of SOPs or systems and processes in it was all based on passion and love and just like trying to make it. You know, there, there, it's like a spectrum. Like you can either you can get by on having a lot of passion and love. You can get by on having a lot of systems, processes, procedures. But if you really want to go to that next level, you've got to, you know, find some place in the middle of that spectrum where you have the best of both worlds. Um, and it sounds like you got there after it took you 10 years to kind of get to that point. I would probably what? say so. But you, sorry, go ahead. Um, I think because we were taught, you know, by doing so any other mentees our employees that came in we taught them by doing we never said well here's the recipe book here's this here's that here's our rules no we literally tied you to our hip and say okay we're gonna do it together yeah we're gonna do it together recreate yourself and other people yeah um you know I, I tend to lean in that direction when you're first getting started um, mm. because y- if you put so much time and energy to systemizing every little detail, you, you're going to force people into boxes and you're, you're not, you might get so fixated on doing it because you put all that work into it, you won't necessarily evolve. And when you start with your loosey-goosey, you can like get better and better and better, and you don't have to like reestablish a process every time. Um, you should have like, some systems and processes, but don't go crazy bonkers until you're looking to maybe remove yourself from that business to work on other projects. Uh, any other lessons like that? Um, I would have to say the lessons that I, I, we like never worked in a restaurant other than serving, never bartended, never worked in the back of house. And we had to do everything you know dishwashing cleaning the toilets you learn everything like even when we put the restaurant together i put my restaurant together base and i what i did was i borrowed zero percent credit cards and i was like probably 50k in debt um and that was a motivator like you have to make it happen because you gotta burn the ship right (laughs) you have no choice you gotta make it work exactly and then it was just like you have to do what makes it work so we took over a second gen uh restaurant and i myself my family and friends we repainted the walls 
we I've learned how to do electrical work. I learned how to do plumbing work. I learned how to put ACs together. I learned everything and anything that you could ever learn about how to put a restaurant together. Because I had another friend who believed in us. He literally came out of nowhere. And he was like, I'm going to help you put this restaurant together. It was like a friend of a... No, it was my, this mom. And she called up a friend. She's like, this guy always like comes and helps and fix my AC and this and that. And he likes to help people. I'm like, okay, awesome. And we would stay up till 7 a.m. in the morning. Literally everything. It was me, my husband, and him at nighttime. And then during the day, everybody else also came in to help. But it was like... 24-7 of rebuilding the restaurant from scratch. So you said second generation restaurant. So did you rebrand it? Did you change the name or did you take over the concept? Okay. No. Nope. Uh, yes. So Asian Mint is our own uh, our own kid. We created it. We branded it. We l- logoized it, uh, created the colors and everything. We took over a sushi restaurant. Okay. So they didn't have the setup for a Thai kitchen. They didn't have a walk or anything. They had like a few fryers for tempura, um, but it was mostly a sushi bar. So we turned the sushi bar into a dessert bar-ish, and then the dining area stayed the dining area, but we kind of had to work in this tiny, small Japanese-style kitchen because we didn't have the money to extend a hood or we didn't have to move a hood or anything like that. We just kind of like, okay, we can you know, buy a walk that was six feet long. And that's all we could. And I went to a couple of resellers that happened to have a walk that we could use and we would bring it over and reconnect it and things like that. Beautiful. So what about like getting that location? Was there, were you, were you their exit strategy? Were they looking to get out and were were you like the way that they could get out? Like what, did you get a good deal on the location? How did you find the location? We were looking and, um, a friend of a friend knew a sushi chef that was working there. And, um, he said that the owner, they weren't doing that great. So they potentially could be looking to get out. Mm -hmm. So we went and approached them and he said, you know what? Yeah, let's, let's try to sell this. So So keep your ear to the ground. A lot of times people will just throw in the towel. And if you can be their exit strategy, if you can be their escape, then take that opportunity. You probably got a better deal because of it, too, I would imagine, because it sounds like they're looking to get out. Is that they were? I don't know if it was a good deal or not. You know, they are Japanese. (laughs) They had everything inventory. (laughs) Um, And they're like, here's what you're going to get for thirty thousand dollars. And we're like, we don't need any of your stuff. He's like, well, take it or leave it because, you know, I'm not going to let. But you kind of had to get the space. Yeah. Um, so we had to negotiate with the landlord as well. Was um, there a Japanese restaurant you could have brought in to be like, hey, like, is that? We, you know what? You bought it. We kept sushi because at only that location because we took up this we took over a sushi restaurant and we wanted to make sure whoever walked in the door could still get what they wanted uh, and it smart. stuck <laughs> you said it, it sucked I, no it's it stuck so we oh, still serve oh, okay. we serve uh sushi at that restaurant and people love our sushi um and at all the other asian restaurants don't get any sushi and they're <laughs> like Whoa. it's not easy it's like a whole nother oh, separate yeah. kitchen there's man. a reason why there's restaurants dedicated to sushi exactly <laughs> yeah so what were like the the big lessons early on when you're making this thing happen what, what did you learn the hard way that you wish you knew oh going into it um partnerships i have to say that took me took a big toll on my heart my soul um, we went in with a good friend and it didn't work out. We had documents drafted up, but they were never signed. So I highly recommend anybody, if you're doing anything with anyone, please have all your documents signed. Um, it's literally your divorce paper. Mm. It was drafted perfectly, but it was not executable. Oh. So we had to go through the whole uh mediation and negotiation and it was painful because when something can get ugly it gets ugly really fast and you really don't know you don't know when when somebody is coming at you at the i don't know what angle it was really disgusting so you did everything right you got the 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 sponsor or not the the um the partnership agreement signed or not signed mm-hmm. written drafted all T's crossed, all mm-hmm. I's dotted. 
Oh, but you just didn't get the signature. Mm-hmm. I oh signed it. Oh my <laughs> gosh! Did you did you just just assume that it got signed? It was kind of like one of those things. Like the restaurant needed to open. We we were we gonna we were gonna start paying rent. So we like, hey, we need to open. I'm like here's the document. It was very thick, and we we're like, okay, we're here. You know, read it, sign it. And they're like, yeah, 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 yeah. And we never got a copy that was signed. Oh my so when gosh. we were needed to pull it out, we we're like, we don't have a signed copy. Man, yeah. what was that like when you realized that? It was very sad. I bet. Um, we had to find uh, an attorney. He's an awesome guy. Um, this isn't David Denny by any chance, is it? David Denny is my current <laughs> attorney, and he is amazing. Yeah, he's been amazing. on the show a couple times. If you do you know uh, the Anderson Brothers, they I do not. So they own restaurants here. Okay. Back in the day, they were just doing law. Okay. And mostly restaurant law. And I literally, I found them off of, I don't know, the Observer or something like that. And him and a CPA that I found off the internet, I, you know, went over there pretty much almost in tears and said, hey, this is what's going on. I don't know what to do. They're asking for um, financials. And the financials were with the other party um so he's like okay so let's you know let's pull everything down and created financials and they looked at everything everything was perfect and fine and then what uh brooke did brooke anderson i have to say these guys were probably my savior i can smell tai chi tai tea right <laughs> I now i can smell tai chi too oh my god it's so sorry i totally <laughs> just got derailed there's no way Sorry. Please try to uh, get that train of thought back. I apologize. Um, no worries. So basically, they made me look at the big picture. The restaurant was probably about four to six months in, I believe. We just won top 10 best new restaurants of 2005. And we were doing very well. We had a lot of amazing customers. But what it came down to is... I had a group of employees that stuck with me and did this, you know, from the beginning. I'm going to start tearing when I talk about them. But it really, it was one of those things like I'm doing it because I have families and mouths to feed because they have families and mouths to feed. And I was ready to throw in the towel because it was got really ugly. And I was like, I can't do this anymore. I'm just going to, you know, go do something else. Go open a new one. Like, you take it. I don't even want it. I don't want it. Yeah. But it was it was that, you know, you would go back into the restaurant and, you know, you would look at them and I'm like, man, I was I'm able to create jobs in a happy environment. I'm feeding very happy people. You know, this is my gut is telling me, like, I need to, like, get through this and hold on and be there and just to continue doing Asian mint. Like it was like I felt like into my bones. It was my calling. And they said, you know what, you're going to have to pay these guys off. You know, it's going to be a couple of years. Just do it. You know, it's make. I don't understand why you'd have to pay them off if there wasn't a sponsor. Or I keep on saying sponsorship agreement because those are the agreements (laughs) I have to worry about. Partnership agreement. There was, they never signed. So why do you have to, why do you owe them anything? Um, So basically, I guess, you know, they have, let me think, let me think. They have. You, they look in, so you open a bank account together, yep. and there is traces of who put what in. So I put this amount, they put this amount, so there is some type of partnership because there is money that has been transferred together. So there is a trail of uh, money, so when there's a trail of money, then they go, okay, you put in this much, you put in this much, so technically you own this much and this much. Um, you could look at all the other documents or whatnot but at the end of the day it's like who put in what who owes what how much are you going to really make what is the opportunity cost here um you know what would they get if they stayed what did they get if they left and things like that so you had to negotiate kind of like a buyout deal okay so the lesson here is get people to sign the, the documents it's not enough just to draft them you got to get them to sign them right um there's a ton of great stuff from that uh but you, you already mentioned 2005, one year in. And so it sounds like it's all mayhem, but you're doing stuff right because you got best of. Uh, what, what was the exact? Uh, we were top 10 best new restaurants. And we were in like Dallas. in Dallas. And we were the only Thai restaurant on the list. Okay, that's amazing. So one other thing I caught from your story, which I really love, and this is why I, I love being able to, to get this information in the story in person. It's because you pick up on these little things that I think you just gloss over. Otherwise the power of integrity, 
right? And like it, these things that you, these little variables that make a huge difference at the end of the day when you become successful, you could have quit, but you had that integrity, the commitment to the people that, that joined your team. You had something, you owed it to them to mm-hmm. follow through and to, to be their means, their, 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 their livelihood. And when you take other people's uh, livelihood into consideration, you make promises to other people that that level of integrity will carry you so far and it will get you through the end. Um, I just wanted to highlight that. I'm like crying. Stop. <laughs> so, uh, Take us so 2005 best top 10 best uh, one of the best restaurants in Dallas. Uh, what were you doing right? What was going on that was so right and to, to give you this uh, this initial accolade? Um, oh my goodness! Uh, consistency, value, and um, atmosphere. We were what the niche like. What I mentioned before is I wanted to showcase. Look, so whenever you were went into an Asian type of restaurant back in the day it would be really dingy you would walk out smelling like fry food you know that was something that I did not want Thai or Asian cuisine to have I wanted to have this feel like you could walk in you would feel fresh you smell fresh you smell Thai tea (laughs) Um, it's just like I think that really made us who we are you would come in if you been into the restaurant it's all white, intentional, white walls, white tables, white chairs, um, intentionally because I wanted people to see that it's clean. Mm-hmm. You come in, people was uh, the reviews that were coming in back in the beginning. They were like, it's like an Apple store, but it's a restaurant. I'm like, very modern, clean. <laughs> yeah. You know, there's green, there's specks of greens and brown and um, just white, clean tables. You have white plates. You see your fresh colorful vegetables on your plate everything is kind of like just flash toss in the walk um, minimally seasoned so that you can really taste the goodness of your raw materials mm, I love it and I mean at that time the brand like to be aligned to be identified with a brand like Apple in 2005 right. 2004 is not a bad thing uh, that, that brand was just rocketing during that time um, you mentioned consistency um how were you able to stay so consistent with very little SOPs? <laughs> you do it yourself. <laughs> um, my husband in the kitchen all day, all night at the walk, um, in and out. And then you're there monitoring everything. Um, it really is the love. Like you love, like you're like, he is a perfectionist. Mm -hmm. Like nothing can get past him. Um, a lot of crazy pet peeves. So I would have to credit all the consistency to him. Mm -hmm. So, but you guys, you you scaled the three locations over time. How long did it take you to go from one to two locations? We went from one to two in four years. And then I had two kids, two real kids. And then, (laughs) and then we did three just in 2017 and we did f- the fourth one in 2018. So you went almost uh, 10 years between yeah. the second and third location. Yeah, wow. I, ha- I had to have two kids in between. I mean, that's a <laughs> so full time. Yeah. I have s- four, five, six kids. <laughs> that's awesome. <laughs> so what things had to happen for you to go from one to two locations? Because um, your husband couldn't be in both locations in the kitchen, right? Very true. So uh, being the crazy entrepreneur, um, my goal with the second location was we were four years in and I'm like, you know what? This is awesome. It's amazing. Everything's running very smoothly. Let's see what kind of a trouble else I can get into. And I wanted to prove to myself that I can do it better than what I did before. So mm-hmm. the goal of the second location was let's open a location where we don't have to be there and let's figure out how, what is that going to look like? And then that's how we rolled on the second location. So what was different about the second location where you didn't have to be there? It was the same. It's it's another Asian minute, correct? Yeah. I okay. think it was me trying to prove systems and processes. Okay. But still, back in that, that was probably when we just started to have some type of, okay, here is how uh, we are going to open a restaurant. Step one, step two, step yeah. three. <laughs> um, and then, you know, the challenge for me, the fun challenge for me was, you know, how can I train my staff in a different location to make, you know, as much as... And then also, 
we didn't open Asian Mint 2 as Asian Mint 2. We opened it as The Mint. Because at the same time, I was like, I also want to change up the menu a little bit, but not piss everybody else off. So Asian Mint's going to have this menu, and The Mint is going to have this menu. Because um, everybody was calling Asian Mint The Mint back in the day. They okay. call it Mint, 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 or The Mint, The Mint, The Mint. And I'm like, you know what? I'm going to create a restaurant, the one that you're calling. <laughs> so when you do call 411 back in the day, you know, you're going to get someone. Um, we changed the colors. Like I, I'm more of a marketing person, so I really had fun with that. We changed up the logo a little yeah, bit, the I'm colors. I'm keeping those questions in my back pocket. That's my <laughs> next. Once we get to more current time, I'm gonna dive into your marketing knowledge. I'm, I'm chomping on the bit for that one. For oh, sure. cool. But yeah, <laughs> so yeah, that's why we did number two. Okay, so uh, I mean, clearly, like I was talking to Anna. Anna Tosin helped set this up. By the way, this girl's been helping me out. She's I just awesome. cannot say thank you enough to her. Uh, she gave me some, some clues. We talked about marketing. We talked about technology, too, because you are kind of a leading edge in technology. You opened your fourth location, uh, Enjoyment, where we're sitting today, which is your first crack at Fast Casual, which is open in 2018. Uh, what were you thinking? I mean, I don't even know where to start. Like, <laughs> were you, like it, it, it's awesome in here. I love the, 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 um, the concept, the energy, the brand. Uh, were you trying to be uh, technology forward? Was that part of the goal? Like, what were you thinking there? The goal for this, so this has been stirring in my husband's and myself probably about two years before this happened. We're like, you know what? We really, I want to do something that is a fast casual, you know, a smaller menu, something that's much more accessible to the new generation, the generation that's always on the go, the generation that's always on the, some type of uh, device. Um, and I've always been technologically forward. I love it. I was one of the first few restaurants that had iPads for the servers. Um, I love that stuff. It's just so fun. So this one, we made it very high tech. You order at a kiosk. You uh, can get a text notify if your order's ready. You, we have a little selfie station. I have a little bar with charging stations. I have, um, oh my goodness, with an online ordering. I have uh, a little cubicle for all the third-party delivery services. It was really built for the generation on the go. The moms who have kids who also still want some fresh Thai food. Um, it, what's, it's just hard to come by. Yeah, absolutely. So I, I, now I want to kind of dive into your, you, you mentioned earlier, you kind of geek, over, geek out over technology, marketing. What, like, How have you evolved in those regards, specifically marketing? Um, what's going on in the world of marketing right now? How are you staying on the, the leading edge of that stuff? I love marketing. Um, I, (laughs) it's so crazy. Last month, January, 2018, I decided to start my own personal brand. Okay. (laughs) Created a whole marketing logo, Nikki feeding souls, my own colors, how I was going to jive that and how to incorporate it. And that kind of came about because in this day and age, everybody is all about the story behind the story. It's, they're all about I'm, I'm about education. Like, how can I educate my mint fanatics? How can I educate my community about Thai food? And I could talk about the restaurant all day long, but you know what? How can I bring Thailand to them? I want to put Thailand on the map. So I went to Thailand a couple of times last year, and I met up with a videographer, photographer, and we just, like, hit it off and I said I really want to showcase Thai food street food traveling all these things that I grew up with because I know my multicultural background I know what um, people of America like I know what I love about Thailand how can I connect those two loves together and make it very accessible for them to understand you can go to Thailand by coming to my restaurant or here, let, let me take you to Thailand through all my YouTube episodes. It's so much fun. I ate probably 100 to 200 types of street food oh in gosh. a couple of days. I am watching these videos before I leave. That's for sure. So much fun. Oh, man, I cannot wait to dive into that. But what advice What advice do you have for somebody who's trying to develop their own brand? You're treating their own restaurant like an own personal brand. What steps should we go through? How should we be looking at our brands the way that you look at your own personal brand in your restaurant? I love this question. Um, I would have to say you have to de- 
dig deep into your soul and ask yourself, you have to be authentic. You don't want to create something that you believe is going to sell because at the end of the day, they want to buy you. They want to invest in you. They want to support you. Yeah. So I think the other variable, sorry, did I cut mm-hmm. you short? No, keep going. I think the other variable there is it's much easier to sell something oh, that yeah. is a part of you because you're not putting on the act. You're not putting on the face. You are just like genuinely, Authentic. authentically like, I love this shit. Mm-hmm. You gotta do it. You gotta try some of this. Um, it, it's just way more natural and people, p- people can, up on that oh they, yeah the low road of communication it's there we pick up on the subtle cues when people really are excited about something or they're just going through the motions absolutely um so that's like the like the 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 like the essence of marketing the, the authenticity of marketing but what about like some granular things uh systems that we should be building in our business to make sure we're marketing you, you were one of the marketing first marketing plan people. okay well what's, what's that look like right <laughs> so i just learned this Um, I come from the marketing background, the email. So my restaurant back in the day, I would have an email list. I have an email list. So I was always, you know, emailing customers, communicating with them. Um, I definitely would try to reach them in any, if you believe that your clients, your customers are on Instagram, talk to them through Instagram. Don't try to do everything. Do what makes sense for you. Mm-hmm. Either if it's Instagram or is your clientele, are they Facebook people? Are they uh, definitely have a website? Um, I highly recommend email or a text marketing because you want to be communicating with them and have a marketing plan. Marketing plan is something where I didn't believe this until I started digging deep into how to figure out what kind of campaigns or programs you want to do, you know, what kind of specials. It's not just about a special menu. It's not just, it's about how can you get people excited about you talking about you. It might not actually bring them in the door, but whatever can get them excited talking about you to their friends, that is... Say that again. Whatever can get them excited talking about you to their friends. Okay, I think I heard that right. Yeah, because I might do a special on a drink. It was so cool, but it didn't, you're not a drinker, but they happened to go and talk to their friend who happened to be drinking. I'm like, oh my God, you need to go to Asian Mint. They have this amazing drink for Valentine's. They have, they have this lavender kiss drink for Valentine's Day. You need to go check it out. Here's the video. She showed it on the video and you need to go try it out. So it's just basically the word of mouth marketing, but using it through social like media. Yes. So what's this? So get, what is the secret? I mean, is that the secret? Like when you're creating content, like how can I get somebody to want to share this or to, to talk about what we're doing? What, what's your thought process? It still has to be authentic. Mm-hmm. It has to be, um, you have to know, let's say, so we are a fast casual restaurant, right? Mm-hmm. Um, we are talking about value. We're talking about deals. We're talking about, um, fresh cuisine. So you have to figure out, you have, oh, this is fun. You have to create your, um, avatar. Yes. Right. Mm -hmm. That's yes. So you create your avatar. You think of, you have to like literally write it down. What do they do? What do they wake up when they wake up? What they do when they wake up from the time they wake up to the time they go to bed? What kind of websites are they looking at? What are they watching on YouTube? What, like every little detail, what do they eat? Do they travel? Who are they with? Do they have a family? Do they have kids? Well, like who is your avatar? Then once you already know, you, you have already identified they're looking at these particular websites or searching these things. Da, 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 da. So, you know, okay, this is where I'm going to market them. This is how I'm going to market them because this is what they're interested in. Then you can have more of a target message mm-hmm. to what they're looking for, and yeah. then it will hit it right on the spot. What about segmenting? Do you ever get into segmenting? Do you create different types of avatars for different types of things you got going on? Um, I knew a guy and a girl. Okay. <laughs> well, that's something that's a lot more than most people do. I knew a guy and a girl, um, and I actually base it upon, like, honestly, like Angel. Like, she's my avatar because she is the person that understands me that follows me that loves me so obviously she's my perfect avatar Mm -hmm. um and then i sit down and get to know her 
What do you do? Where yeah. do you travel? Who do you live with? What are you doing? What are you interested? What kind of websites do you go? I literally asked her those questions one day because mm. I'm like, I, you know, you search online, like, how do you create a brand? Blah, 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 blah. And then it was just, it was so fun to go through that exercise. Okay. So, also, what about this other technology that we're using, uh, these kiosks? You were one of the first uh, fast casual concepts in Dallas to be leveraging uh, automation uh, kiosks. Mm-hmm. What's that like? Is that a little scary? It is very scary. I thought it was going to be a no-brainer, but it was a pain point for our customers. Okay. I have to be honest. How long? I mean, you opened 2008, so it's been less than a year since you've had... Six months in. Six months in. Take us through what you're thinking. Thought process? Yeah. Got it. So, I... My thought process was everybody uses the American airline kiosk. Nobody wants to go up to the person anymore to do anything. Mm-hmm. They want to go straight to the kiosk. So I'm like, this is the perfect generation. No matter what age, no matter whatever, people know how to use the kiosk. They want to push buttons. They want to get their ticket, whatever. They're done. That was my thought process. They got it. This was a pain point because I did not factor in not only is it a new way to order food, but they're trying to maneuver a new menu, Mm. a new concept. And I totally did not see that. So when... What I'm hearing is that when people come to a new restaurant and it's strange cuisine, it's a strange culture, they they can't ask questions to the, the kiosk. They can't get... They can't get cued into like, oh, like, have you been here before? Well, this is all we're all about. But there's not that sales pitch of like, this is what we're trying to do. This is what make us was it, this is what makes us special. Mm-hmm. Mm, yeah. So, so um, how are you combating that? What, what we flipped it. We did exactly what you literally just said. Okay. I just did a little <laughs> training right before you got here. Uh, you know, the human touches because as much as there are people who would come straight up to the kiosk and be like, I got this, they're done. But there are people who come up and like, I don't know what to do. This is frustrating. Like, uh, Somebody's using it right now. They seem to be doing pretty well. That's why <laughs> that's, I love being in the restaurant. <laughs> uh, yeah. And we pictures, 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 mm-hmm. pictures. And, and it's all not, about pressing the picture, pictures. Did you, did you not have pictures in the beginning? Or? I did. Okay. I have pictures. But still, it was not a picture of a burger. It wasn't a picture of a taco. Yeah. So you don't even know what you're looking at. <laughs> they you don't. don't know the, they did you know, not I've know. I've actually had that experience, even in person. Because I, mean, I think that's a challenge regardless of kiosk or human. Because when I was in Thailand, uh, mm-hmm. going through this, going to the street, like I literally just ate everything. My stomach did not agree with that decision. But it was totally worth it. Yep. I literally just ate everything. And then that's how I figured out what I liked. I was like, I have no yep. idea what that is. Yep. Put it inside of me. Yes. I, but... You know, it's 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 still a little bit more distance with the kiosk because you don't mm-hmm. you can't smell it, you can't yes. like ask to taste it. You know, um, no, I, I think the lesson there is if you are trying to use technology to streamline processes and to maybe even stay save on labor costs. I mean, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm sure that eventually probably factored into your, absolutely uh, decision. Uh, you got to ask yourself: Is what I'm selling something that can sell itself? Mm-hmm. You know, does, does it? need to be explained is it is it burgers and fries mm-hmm. or is it you know some crazy thai Pad dish thai I've never and had fried before. rice yeah exactly that's <laughs> exactly. oh, yeah. interesting it's a good angle uh, what else what other technology i'm sure i mean this is just what's literally hitting us in the face when we mm-hmm. walk in what other technology because you're really forward thinking with your technology what other tools are you leveraging um, well i have the the selfie machine to capture you know the funness of the clientele right machine. over there Right there. Oh, wait, tell me, <laughs> I didn't even see that. Take me through w- w- what's that all about? So the selfie machine is literally an opportunity for us to see who's enjoying the selfie machine. But can I tell you what it actually has become? Not knowing. Spy machine? No. <laughs> it has become the playground. The playground? So all the kids oh. automatically go straight to that kiosk. So you would have parents come in it's like the best so you know when you come into a restaurant you think like let's say you were a mcdonald's or a chick-fil-a and you had the little play area this is our play area that's awesome <laughs> i love it um what about marketing any technology you're leveraging uh, to, to stay on top of marketing so that machine actually captures um emails and phone numbers okay so we um capture all that information what about handles social media handles and social media handles so okay. we do like a, we have a little sign next to it say we have an instagram contest um we pick a winner every week 
So if you want to take something there, if you actually take something on your phone, make sure you hashtag us and you、uh, tag us. This way, we can find it. We'll repost it, and then you'll be notified if you have won the weekly in、uh, Instagram contest.、Mm, okay. Anything we have not discussed? I can't believe how fast time goes. We're already over fifteen minutes. Uh, anything that you were hoping we would discuss? Any areas of expertise that you don't think you were able to bring to the table to really benefit my listeners that we can dive into before going to the speaker? A few. I I have one because I have you know new new employees coming in every day and they think they're just coming in to serve or make food or things like that. I think it goes back all the way to the beginning of at the end of the day you need to know how to showcase what you're trying to sell. And without that, without a, a true, firm mission, vision, brand, authenticity, your clientele will not know what you're trying to do as much as you can. And if you don't teach your employees to sell, to speak your language, it could all just be a dream. Yeah. So, what's that process look like to get your people to know? The mission, vision, to, to, to speak the language. How do you communicate that to them? It's the culture. You have to be living and breathing the culture. You can, if you're barking your culture, but you're not living it and you're not showing it, then they're not going to pick that up. But it has to come through how you manage them. It has to come through how you communicate with the customers, so that when they watch you do it, they see how they're supposed to be doing it. They have and, an aiming point.、Right? Yeah. yeah, dig it.、Uh, There's one. Did I cut you short、no. there? Okay. There's one more thing that I want to bring to the table. Something that I wanted to acknowledge you for, and that's your、uh, your con- your contribution to the industry, to educating the next generation. You're very active with the TRA Educational Foundation, correct? Yes, absolutely. And you're also a.、Uh, I don't know the correct term, but you mentor other women, business women, entrepreneurial、yes. women. Do dive into why it's so important、oh. for us to invest in the next generation. Um. To whom? What is it? What's that slang? To whom much is given, much is required, or something like that. Or I like to say, give from your overflow. So if you are been given the, you know, the opportunity to be successful and to have the knowledge, and you figured something out, you should be able to share. Or you should want to share it to the younger generation.、Why? Education, man.、Um, you can feed somebody all day long, but if you don't teach them, if you don't educate them how to feed themselves, it just what is that? What's the word? I can't even think of it. Fizzles out or just、uh, dissolves. <laughs> or I don't know. It goes away. It's like what? It, there's another one. Gotta pass you, the baton. You have to. You have to. And if you don't, what is it? You can teach somebody. If you don't teach them how to fish, what's that one? Oh, you can lead somebody to water, but you can't teach them how to fish. Really? Or you can teach somebody <laughs> how to fish, but you, you can give somebody a fish. I think everybody knows what we're talking. I think I think people know where we're going.、Uh, but yeah, I totally hear what you're saying. Education. It's 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 sad because I believe if you don't teach them the know-how and let them learn from your mistakes or your successes,、um, what's the point of having them go through your same pain points? I mean. There's no point.、Yeah. Let's all bring everybody up together. It's called lift as we climb.、Um, if you you can't do it alone, you have to know that you can't do it alone. You have to take your people with you. Yeah, and and the, what I've learned from studying successful people like yourself, the more you give, the more you teach, the more you give back, the more you get. It's just like a repeating. And the more it's like the more you give, the more you get. The more you get, the more you, it, it just keeps <laughs> happening back and forth, and you just keep getting bigger and bigger and bigger.、Mm-hmm. And it's a natural organic process, and the, you can do even more good. You can provide even more opportunities for people. And、um, we're, we're so we hold on to things. We're afraid to, you know, is is this going to last forever? And we get maybe. Protective of what we've earned, but if you really want to earn, if you really want to go to that next level, help other people get、yes. there. You know, and then we'll come back. To you, you said it perfectly. Thank you.、Um, I've really loved this conversation. One thing I want to start getting getting into the habit of doing.、Uh, our mission statement here at Restaurant Unstoppable is to inspire, empower, and transform the industry. So let me ask you: How have you transformed over these past eighteen years, or what, fifteen years now? Yeah. Jeez, <laughs> time's going by so fast. How have I transformed? I would have to say I went from. I'm still very, very grateful for everything that is given every day.、Um, I'm grateful for gratitude, and at the end of the day, I feel like I've gone from like 
you know, a driver, driver, server, bartender, restaurant owner. I don't know what. And then now I feel like I'm more of like the marketing brand person of the restaurant industry. <laughs> it's so fun. Yeah, well, you evolve. <laughs> What's that? You, you evolve. evolve. We evolve. Yeah, absolutely. But I think. I think. You'll never quite figure it out, right? Mm-hmm. When you get into your twenty, your early twenties, and you're getting into the industry, you're, you're just reacting to the world around you. Yes. And over time, you start to realize that, oh well, I should just focus on this because that's what I'm good at. And then you find your lane, and then you, you know, and then then that's what I think when you really you stay excel. in your lane. Exactly. Yeah, I love this. <laughs> uh, this has been a great conversation. We're going to take a quick break to thank our sponsors one more time. And we'll be right back. Your job as a restaurant owner or manager is to paint a picture of the job done right and to empower your employees with the tools and knowledge they need to excel. This is why you need to check out Wisetail, a premier learning management system trusted by our industry's most recognized names. With Wisetail, quickly scale your training initiatives across all locations, empower your employees to take control of their own learning and professional growth, foster communication and engagement through their integrated training and communication tools and ensure long-term scalable success with the help of their best in-breed client experience team. They'll take you from goal setting and implementation to ongoing strategy and best practices training to make sure you maximize your ongoing investment in your training and your programs. And if you use my links, you'll get your first three months free after signing up for a year contract. Again, that's wisetail.com slash unstoppable or find the banner in the show notes. So Revel Systems is a complete POS built to help grow your expanding business. I stand by Revel, and I can tell you why it's so great, but I'd rather get my man Colton Schultz, who's with Grand Junction Subs in the Craft Cave, to tell you why he loves Revel. We have been working with Revel for several years, who has partnered with us to streamline our operations. We have implemented delivery management, employee management, sales reporting, kitchen display screens, and so much more. We also utilize mobile order takers and kitchen display systems that are extremely customizable. Nice. So if there's just one thing... That you love the most about Rebel Systems, what would it be? It's definitely their vast reporting abilities on the back end. We utilize a lot of the reports such as speed of service, taxes, sales reports, labor reports. It's all there to help you run your business. Beautiful. Guys, and if you're listening to this, Revel works with businesses that are looking to implement cutting-edge technology that helps increase revenue, improve efficiencies, and enhance experience of their employees and their customers. To learn more, head over to revelsystems.com slash unstoppable. We're back. And the first question I have for you is, what is your it factor? Have it a trait, a characteristic you believe most contributes to your success? Uh, humbling grateful authentic humbling Shit, grateful it's <laughs> <laughs> fine i'll take it uh what is your biggest weakness oh because i move too fast sometimes mm. how are you dealing with that you have to create a schedule write it down and follow through and make sure you stay on track and you have an accountability partner <laughs> ah, that's good uh what is one thing you teach your people, uh, a core value, a behavior, a way to be, a way to act? Um, inspire. Mm. I like them to, if they're doing something that is inspiring and inspiring others, it inspires themselves to do their best. What is one question or thing you look for when you're building your team? Passion. Passion. How do you know if they have passion? I ask them really fun questions in the interview. Like what? Uh, what is your one year, three year, five year goals? Ooh. What do you love doing? Um, yeah, not like, okay, so what have you done? <laughs> <laughs> so like super specific. You're seeing if they're motivated. You're seeing if yes. they have intention. Yes. Uh, what is your biggest challenge today? Keeping people motivated all the time. Mm. How are you dealing with that? Stay motivated. There you go. I like it. Uh, what is one uncommon standard of service you teach your team? So this is something that's standard within your four restaurants now, not standard within the rest of the industry. Do your best. Do your best with the best intentions. I'll take that. I like it. This is a uh, one book that's a must read that makes a better person or a restaurant owner. I love a one minute manager mm. a lot. What's the the big lesson from that book? Um, you need to constantly be communicating the good and the bad. Mm. Give me an example. 
a lot of times I've noticed they are managers who always just focus on what they did wrong. But you need to constantly be telling them what they're doing right every day. Mm -hmm. I love it. And it's funny because Sharon, uh, Chef Sharon. My femtor. Chef Sharon Van Meter. So I asked Chef Sharon Van Meter earlier this morning uh, that same question about books. And she we knew it was the something minute manager. We couldn't remember how many minutes it was. Oh, the same book? (laughs) Love it. We were like, is it the seven minute manager? The the ten minute (laughs) manager? One. It's it's something minute manager. Uh, Now we know it's the one minute manager. Thank you. Uh, What is one thing you feel restaurateurs don't do well enough or often enough? Compliment their employees. Mm. I like that. How do you compliment your employees? What ways do you... You have to be specific. You can't just say, great job. You have to say, I loved your, uh, I love the way that you told that customer about your favorite bowl. Like, you have to be very specific because that's how you're really going to touch them for them to understand that you were really watching. Again, you got to go back to the good and the bad, right? You've got to reinforce that positive behavior. I love it. Uh, what is one piece of technology you've adopted within your four walls that has had a huge impact on communication, efficiency, operations, anything along those lines? Seven shifts. Seven shifts, so the, the labor management software? Yeah. Okay, and what's your favorite feature? Oh, my goodness. Um, everything. <laughs> there are a lot of features. Yes. A, uh, this is the last question. It's a doozy. Are you ready for it? Mm-hmm. If you got the news, you'd be leaving this world tomorrow. All the memories of you, your your work, your restaurants would be lost with your departure with the exception of three pieces of wisdom, three things you know to be true about your success. What would you leave behind? Do what you love. Love what you do. Make sure you put your families and friends first. Know your priorities. I love it. This has been an amazing conversation, Nikki. Thank you so much for taking the time to sit with me, to share your knowledge, your story, your mentorship. Uh, We wrap up every conversation by calling somebody out. So who is one person you admire in this industry and believe would make a great guest mentor like you made for us? You already talked to her. I know, Sharon. She was great. (laughs) You're going to love that episode. It's so cool. Um... Janice Provost. Janice Provost. And what's her restaurant? Parigi's. Parigi's. Look out, Janice. I'm coming after you. I'd love <laughs> to get you on the show. And let the folks at home know, how can we connect with you? If you want to maybe come join your team, uh, ask a question, or just follow you in your work, what's the best way to connect? Um, social media, IG, Instagram is at Nikki Feeding Souls with an S, same for Facebook, YouTube, channel, um, all around my restaurants are asianmint.com and enjoymentkitchen.com. Beautiful. And just head over to the show notes. I'll have a link to uh, today's conversation, or sorry, a link to all the ways to connect with Nikki. Uh, summary of today's discussion, uh, the tools and resources that she mentioned will be connected to over there too, as well as the books. And again, Nikki, I just cannot thank you enough for taking the time to share your story, your, your, your knowledge, your mentorship. There is no questioning. You are unstoppable. Thank you. Thank you. Cup and cup. Cup cup, I think, is how I'm supposed to yes, say it, right? Yes, you got it All perfect. right. <laughs> Cheers. All right. There we go. Another episode in the archive here at Restaurant Unstoppable. I hope you all found value. Before I let you go, I have to remind you, please sign up for the Restaurant Unstoppable email list. That is where you will never miss an episode and you get the behind the scenes of what's going on here, where I'm at, what's on my mind, and what the future of Restaurant Unstoppable looks like. And you can have an influence on that. Don't forget to connect on social media. That's slash Restaurant Unstoppable on Facebook and at Eric Cacciatore, E-R-I-C-C. A-C-C-I-A-T-O-R-E on Instagram. But the most important thing you can do to support this mission of inspiring, empowering, and transforming our industry is by sharing this sucker with anybody and everybody you know who's aspiring to be great in the industry. All right. Thank you so much for sticking around this long. Until next time, peace out.